it is good to be here, I must say. It, I just, yeah, I was, I too woke up this morning excited to be back. I have missed you guys immensely. Uh, my name is Matt, if you don't know me, um, and I'm an elder here at the church and I'm the director of worship ministries and I have the privilege of bringing you God's word this morning and just to share some of what God has been challenging me with while we've been away. And uh, Pastor Neil, our pastor, is away. Um, he is in the US currently at a conference and being fed and excited. He's been sick but getting better and he's been having an awesome time over there. I just ask that you would continue to uphold him and Joe in your prayers as they travel back. And uh, so he'll be here again with us next week. And if you are visiting with us, you are very welcome. And if you're a regular, you're welcome too. Let's just let's just pray before I start this morning. Lord Heavenly Father, we just thank you for who you are. We thank you that you are a constant. God, let's pray that you would help us as we have sung this morning, just to give everything for you and you alone. That you would be our source of satisfaction. That we would not want for anything but you. I just pray that you would direct my words this morning and that you would open our ears and our hearts, that you would change us, that you would renew us in this place this morning. Amen. So as I've already said, I've just come back with my family from four weeks in Queensland, which was really awesome. And, uh, you know, it's been, for me and my family, a fairly hectic last 13 months, as most of you, I'm sure, would know we had uh, the birth of our third child, Tobias, um, about 13 months ago, and he was diagnosed with Down syndrome and has a had a very significant medical journey over those past 13 months. And I won't go into all of the details now, but let's just say that it has been an adventure. And I'm happy to say that Tobias is just the most amazingly happy and content little man despite all the things he's been going through. And he's getting stronger and stronger every day. Praise God. God is good. Anyway, so because Toby had been doing so well, we had the opportunity to go on a family holiday. We weren't sure it was going to happen and all that, and then it did, and we were able to actually cancel a whole month worth of medical appointments. And uh, anyway, on our on our trip, we spent some time on a farm. And uh, while we were there, I attempted to assist with farm work. I'm not really sure how helpful I was. But as I was assisting, as I was riding motorbikes around, rounding up cows and not rounding up cows, and crashing into tree stumps and all sorts of things, um, I would occasionally see a bone or a skull of a dead cow um, that had been lying there on the ground for ages. So it was, you know, it was like white, it was cracked, it was sort of half buried. You know, you can imagine what I'm talking about, can't you? You know, in the Western movies where you see the, the skull of the cow half buried in the sand and it's got no flesh on it, there's no skin, it's, it's dead. You get the idea. And as I saw that, I was, you know, I had a lot of time to think as I was riding around and, and, and my, my mind was drawn to the story of Ezekiel and the Valley of the Dry Bones. And then a day or so later, we were driving in the car somewhere and we had some worship music on and, and this song by Chris Tomlin came on called Awake My Soul, which you may be familiar with, which is all about the story of the Valley of Dry Bones. And I thought, hmm, that's a bit of a coincidence, perhaps. And then Neil contacted me and said, oh, you know you're preaching when you get back. And 
I want you to preach on celebrating life. And it was this point I thought, hmm, I think maybe God is trying to tell me something here and challenge me. And so this morning, that's what we're going to look at. We're going to look at celebrating life and we're going to look at the story of Ezekiel and the Valley of Dry Bones. And I want you to invite you to join me on this journey that I'm on and just see what God has for us this morning. And so I thought a good place to start would be to actually read that passage, the story of the Valley of Dry Bones from Ezekiel. Um, Ezekiel is a, a book in the Old Testament, and we're going to read from chapter 37. Okay, and if you've got your Bibles, I encourage you to grab them out and, and read through as well. Before we read, let me just give you a bit of a background so you know where we're at. Okay, so Ezekiel is this guy who's part of the nation of Israel, and the nation of Israel is scattered around the place. They're all broken up. Their, their nation has been conquered by surrounding nations. And, and it was broken up into tribes and, and three of the tribes of Israel have been captured by King Nebuchadnezzar and taken to Babylon. And so Ezekiel is this guy amongst his group of people that have been taken to Babylon. And he was a, he was a prophet and he was a priest. And those who were with him were completely lost and they were feeling completely hopeless. They were feeling like their, their nation, that their country would never be put back together again. And then God came and he gave Ezekiel a vision. And that's what we're going to read about now. So Ezekiel 37, and we're going to start right from the start from verse 1. A valley of dry bones. And so the Lord took hold of me. And so this is Ezekiel writing this. So the Lord took hold of me and I was carried away by the Spirit of the Lord, to a valley filled with bones. He led me all around among the bones that covered the valley floor. They were scattered everywhere across the ground, and they were completely dried out. And then he asked me, Son of man, can these bones become living people again? O sovereign Lord, I replied, you alone know the answer to that. And then he said to me, speak a prophetic message to these bones and say, dry bones, listen to the word of the Lord. This is what the Sovereign Lord says. Look, I'm going to put breath into you and make you live again. I'll put flesh and muscles on you and cover you with skin. I'll put breath into you and you will come to life. And then you will know that I'm the Lord. And so I spoke this message just as God had told me. Suddenly, as I spoke, there was a rattling noise all across the valley. The bones of each body came together and attached themselves as complete skeletons. And then as I watched, the muscles and flesh formed over the bones. Then skin formed and covered their bodies, but they still had no breath in them. And then he said to me, speak a prophetic message to the wind. Son of man, speak a prophetic message and say, this is what the Sovereign Lord says. Come, O breath, from the four Breathe into these dead bodies so that they may live again. And so I spoke the message as he commanded me, and breath came into their bodies. They all came to life and stood up on their feet, a great army. Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones represent the people of Israel. They are saying, we have become old, dry bones. All hope is gone and our nation is finished. Therefore prophesy to them and say, this is what the Sovereign Lord says. O my people, I will open your graves of exile and cause you to rise again. Then I'll bring you back to the land of Israel. And when this happens, my people, you will know that I am the Lord. 
I'll put my spirit in you and you will live again and return home to your own land. And then you'll know that I, the Lord, have spoken and I have done what I said. Yes, the Lord has spoken. That's a pretty cool story, isn't it? You know, here is Ezekiel taken by God in a vision to a valley that is filled with dry bones. Like the ones that I was talking about, the cow bones, except these ones are human. And they've been there for a while. It says they're completely dried out. You know, and a place like this actually would have existed in Ezekiel's time. He would have known exactly what it looked like. There were battlefields like this remaining from where he was captured by King Nebuchadnezzar. Battles took place and the victorious army would strip everything of worth off the defeated soldiers and then leave them where they lay, unburied. Can you just imagine that sight? Try and put yourself in Ezekiel's position and think about how he would have felt standing amongst all of those dead dry bones. suspect it would have been extremely confronting. And it says the valley floor was covered with bones. That's a lot of bones. A lot of lost life. A lot of death. Now Ezekiel was a priest, which meant it would have also meant that touching any of these bones would have made him unclean and unfit to do his duties. I'm sure he would have been quite overwhelmed by the scene that confronted him. And then God challenges him and says, Ezekiel, can these bones become living again? Uh, how would you respond to that? I wonder if, if Ezekiel thought about his reply or just said, oh God, you know the answer to that, I'm not even going to try. You know, sort of just arm it off, let's get out of here, I want to leave. And then God gives him that instruction to speak, to prophesy over the bones, and then they all come back to life. What a confronting and incredible experience that must have been. You know, the nation of Israel, or the part that Ezekiel was a part of, was lost and in despair, thinking that they would never be a complete nation again. And here is God saying through Ezekiel, God is going to bring us back to life. God is going to give us his spirit. And then by that we will know that he is God. Now what an incredible picture of God's promise for them. And God's desire for life and his desire for restoration. A broken nation promised restoration. A God offering hope. Now I want us to take a moment this morning to think about ourselves. Now think about what's going on in your life, what's happened in your life, what what experiences have you had, what struggles have you had, what successes have you had. And do you find yourself this morning or, or have you ever been in a place where you felt you were completely lost and in despair? In a place perhaps where you were lacking life where you're feeling dry and cracked like those bones. And I think if we're completely honest with ourselves, there would be times in our lives when all of us have felt like that. Am I right? I know that I have. Feeling lost and in despair. And just like the promise that God made to the nation of Israel, God is reminding us this morning that through his word, 
he is unchanging. His love is unending. He is a creator and he has desire for life. Now just as he promised to restore the nation of Israel, he is wanting to restore us this morning. He is wanting to restore us into life, into relationship with him. And that's something we should be celebrating. You know, what God wants to bring healing, he wants to renew you today in this place. God wants to restore and he wants to rebuild. He wants to replace dry, lifeless bones with abundant life. He wants to bring us into his life, into his relationship, and then we'll know that he is God. And just like Ezekiel, God is calling all of us to speak with God's authority and with God's desire for life over each other. You know, Ezekiel had to speak the words that God was telling him to say to make that dead army come back to life, didn't he? God could have done it. Nothing is impossible for God. But he required Ezekiel to speak. And faithfully, Ezekiel shared those words that God had given and prophesied over those bones. He declared those words and brought the dry and completely dead bones back to life. God is all about life, that's where he said. He's that creator. He's the creator of all things. He sent his son Jesus, who stepped forward, like Alison challenged us with this morning, to die so that we can have life. Eternal life with him in heaven if we choose to accept him as our Savior. God's desire for us is to be alive. God brought creation into being to live not to die. Now, as I said before, God could have easily just made those dry bones come back to life, couldn't he? But he actually required Ezekiel to do something so that he learned something, so that he knew that what he was telling the people of Israel was actually true, and it was God's promise. And God is requiring us to do the same. He's requiring us to speak his word over each other, and in doing so, bring life. Now, if we think back to those things we were talking about before, the difficult circumstances and the struggles that we encounter in life, how how do you react in those situations? Let's be honest with ourselves. Do you ever find yourself in a place where you whinge and complain and everything's just in a heap and you look for anyone who will listen? I know for me, there's been times in my life where I've certainly been doing that. And having that reaction, what, what impact does that have? As we, as we go around and we whinge and complain to people, all that does is, is the person on the receiving end feels terrible, don't they? And it pulls them down and it draws them even to think about what things are going wrong in my life and what can I whinge and complain about? Now, have you ever found yourself in a situation where you're having that sort of conversation and it almost becomes like this, this battle of the whinge to see who can whinge the most about their circumstance. And, oh, woe for me. It's not helpful. It's destructive. In fact, in Proverbs 17, 22, it says, A cheerful heart is good medicine, but a broken spirit saps a person's strength. 
In another version, it actually says, a cheerful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. We need to be actively seeking out God in all of our circumstances and speak his word, speak his promises, speak his life. We need to prophesy over the situations that we are going through. We need to be sharing our struggles, not in a manner that is whinging and complaining, but sharing with each other so that we can speak God's truth and bring about life. You know, so we need to be in God's Word. We need to be understanding what God's Word is on about. We need to be in the Bible and seeking out and understanding the promises that God has for us, that God has made and claimed them for ourselves and for those around us. Speak the promises of God out. Prophesy over each other and our circumstances. Speak God's life and celebrate what God is doing. You know, we're created to be alive. Celebrate it. Celebrate what God is doing always, regardless. Don't whinge, don't complain, but remember that God is constant. He's the only thing that's unchanging. Unlike our circumstances. And that's not to say that sometimes life isn't going to be difficult. You know, the journey that I talked about earlier about my family in the last 13 months has been a significantly hard one. But God has done miracle after miracle and answered prayer after prayer. And it, it became impossible not to share what God was doing in his life. You know, even on holidays, Alison and I would share excitement and, and celebrate the little improvements that he was making. And people would actually go, wow, you guys are excited. Yes, it's good. God is good. Yes, he is alive and he is at work. And he is speaking life into my son. He is speaking life into me. He is speaking life into my family and he is speaking life into you and your situation today. Amen? So we need to celebrate it. We need to claim it for yourself. Claim it for your family. Claim it for your workmates. Claim it for the people that you bump into on the street that you've never met before. We need to take every opportunity to recognise God at work and celebrate the life that he has given. The very fact that we are breathing is worth celebration. We think about the way that we are created, the way that everything just works. You don't think about the fact that your heart is beating or that you're drawing breath or that your eyes are working or your ears are working or all of the things that happen that we just take for granted. That is such a miraculous So worth celebrating. God is life. And he offers that gift of eternal life. You just need to accept it. And then we need to be speaking and prophesying that same life into those around us. You know, even without speaking directly into someone's situation. You know, sometimes I think we hold back from saying anything because we don't really understand where the person's at and, and all of that kind of stuff. But if we're going through the process of celebrating our life and celebrating what God is doing in our own lives, by sharing our own journey, we can actually speak life into those around us. 
you know, I love hearing the testimonies from, from Jason and Karen over the last few weeks. I listened to them online and all the messages online. So if you missed one, get on the website and have a look. Awesome. But I just really want to thank Jason and, and Karen this morning. Thank you for your, your honesty and your openness in sharing your journey with us. You know, both of those stories just give further evidence that God brings life and is worth celebrating. You know, by, by them sharing their journey, by them sharing their testimony, they were, they were celebrating the life and the journey that God had taken them on. Just like the story of Ezekiel speaking over those bones, Jason and Karen spoke words of life over us as a church as they shared. They encouraged us. They motivated us. It's a life worth celebrating. And so we need to be celebrating the life that we have. We need to celebrate the opportunity to share our experiences and tell others of the way that God is working, even in the most difficult circumstances. God is at work. Can I say probably particularly in the most difficult circumstances is when God is at work in us because we can't rely on ourselves to overcome and we have no choice but to rely on him. Nothing is impossible for God. Remember that. God is steadfast and he is unchanging. Again, he's the only thing that doesn't change in this world. Rely on him. In Romans 8.28 it says, God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love him. It doesn't say God causes everything to be perfect and you will live a life that is cruisy with no struggle and no difficulty. Nowhere does it say that. I looked. In fact, I found in 1 Peter 1, 6 and 7, it says there is wonderful joy ahead even though you must endure many trials for a little while. These trials will show that your faith is genuine and is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold, though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong through the many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honour on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. That's what it says. It doesn't say life is cruisy and easy. It says we should be ready for the trials that will come. And it says there will be many. We need to be prepared. But it's only for a little while. And then there is the promise and the reward of eternal life with God in heaven. Not because of what we've done not because of what we've endured, but because of what Christ endured on the cross. He stepped forward. He sacrificed himself, taking the blame for all of the things that the world has done wrong so that the world can be in right standing with God. And God promises that whatever happens, he'll use it for the good of those who love him and for his He will use your trials for his purpose and it will be good. Just wait and see.
and while you wait, put your trust in him. No matter the circumstance, no matter how difficult it gets, no matter how easy it is. I think sometimes we forget to put our trust in God when things are easy and we only run to him when things get hard. Does anyone else find I know I find myself doing that and I, I just want to challenge us all to be in a place where we recognise God, who he is, all the time, regardless of circumstances. But if we wait on him, no matter that circumstance, he will give us the strength to endure. You know, Karen shared with us how her past experiences have enabled her to have unique insight and wisdom into specific situations. I just think that is awesome. God has taken things from her life that have been tough and difficult and horrible to endure, I'm sure. But then God uses them for his good. And she was able to speak into people's lives that were having that exact exact situation, speak life in. God used those circumstances that she was going through to prepare her, to give her the ability to have that knowledge, have that wisdom to speak into those particular experiences. And Jason shared his path and his story and how that has shaped and equipped him for the interactions that he has. And I just love the fact that he's out and he's he's talking to people. He just goes up to people and starts talking about God. I would struggle to do that. He is gifted in that because of the way and his experience that he had. And I just praise God that he, here. Yeah, I praise God for that friend who was celebrating the life that Jesus had given him. He'd only been a Christian for a month and he came and he had an impact on Jason's life. And Jason wouldn't have been here standing here telling us that story and encouraging us and speaking life if that guy hadn't done the same thing. You know, we need to just be declaring and sharing the life that we have. Now, Neil shared in the in the newsletter today, I don't know if you've seen it, there's a couple of copies of the fact that he was talking about the fact that we have no idea of what's ahead. But we can be certain that God does. And we can be certain that whatever comes, he will use it for good. We just need to let him. We need to be in a place where we're trusting him. Now, he will use all of our experiences our struggles and our difficulties, our triumphs and our success. And he wants us to use them to speak life and hope into those that we share our journey with. I just challenge you that you are right where you need to be right now. Don't worry about what's around the corner. Put your trust in God. I don't know, he might be calling you somewhere else, but for right now, just do what you can do. Share life. Celebrate what God is doing despite of circumstance. Grab hold of those promises. The Bible is filled with the promises of God. Grab hold of them. Speak them out over yourself, over your families, over your friends. Claim them. Prophesy them. God has put people in your path for a reason. Use it. God is about life. He wants us to live. God has given us a life worth celebrating. Let's celebrate it. Share it. Declare it. Praise God. Let's pray. God, we just thank you that you are the creator of all life, that that you desire for life. 
You are the one that allows and maintains all life here on earth. And we just ask this morning that you would, you would give us a fullness of life that can only come from knowing you. God, I just pray that you would help us to see you at work in every single situation that we encounter, whether it's good or bad, whether it's difficult or easy. God, I just pray that we would encounter you that we would encounter life and that we would share it. That we'd be celebrating the life that we have in you every single day. God, again this morning we declare that nothing is impossible for you. God, we declare that you can bring dry bones back to life. And you can equip us and you can renew us and you can restore us and you can refresh us. Because you are a loving, creating, life-giving Father. Help us to celebrate that fact. Amen. I need the worship team to come back up. We're going we're to sing and we're going to worship together. But, um, yeah, look, I just, I just really believe this morning that that God is wanting to bring full restoration in this place. And uh, myself and the other elders and, and the prayer team that we have, we have this awesome prayer team, are here and we would love to be able to pray with you. So I just want to invite you, if you want to come this morning to the front and receive prayer and we're going to declare God's promises of life for you and your situation. I invite you to come. Or come and find me afterwards. I'd love to pray with you then too. Now, perhaps you might be in a position where you don't even know who who this God is that I'm talking about. And I just invite you to come to the front. And I'd love to share who He is with you and the amazing gift of love and redemption and freedom that He offers. God loves you more than you will ever know. He sent His Son to die for you. He stepped forward into that. He didn't run away because he loves you so much. And he offers a gift of eternal life. We just need to step forward ourselves and accept it.